from Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. When the new Element by Weston Hotel, next to Target Field in downtown Minneapolis, opened in January, Lion Hotel Group CEO Mark Labovitz was there with his wife and two children to stay on opening night. Lion is part of the fourth generation Labovitz Enterprises, a Duluth-based company that owned clothing retailer Maurice's from its founding in 1931 until 1978. The element marks a high point for Lion, which got its start as an investment vehicle for the family business. Labovitz is serious about the hotel business and makes it a point to stay overnight in the company's properties. It's a business he came to a little late when he joined the family business in the early 2000s, after working in finance for First Bank System, now U.S. Bank, and progenitors of RBC Wealth Management. Now 57, the Duluth native is focused on drawing guests to the element. But he's pretty confident that the hotel's location next to Target Field, the city's largest light rail station, and on top of the new Fillmore music venue, will do a lot of the work for Lyon. In late January, reporter Matt Johnson sat down with Labovitz to learn about how he wound up in the family hotel and commercial real estate business and what he likes to do in his free time. Mark Labovitz, thank you for sitting down with Finance and Commerce today to tell us more about your work and about the future of your company. Uh, The first question I have here is, you started your career in finance, but you're now in commercial real estate and hotel development and management. How did you kind of make that path into this line of work? Uh, It's a question I struggle to answer myself sometimes. Uh, because I, I, you're right, I did start off in finance and my early experience was actually in Minneapolis. Moved down uh, with most of my graduating class from uh, UMD uh, in 1985. Uh, the economy was uh, terrible in 1985, in particular in northern Minnesota. And I was uh, very fortunate to uh, get connected uh, with an opportunity at a company that used to go by Dane Bosworth. and then I was. Uh, RBC, Dane Rauscher, and of course now it's uh, Royal Bank of Canada uh, Wealth Management. But anyway, my first two years were uh, working for some deal makers in the public finance department. So I was very lucky to see a lot of activity and learn from some very capable people for a couple of years uh, in Minneapolis. I've always liked Minneapolis and really fell in love with it. Uh, So I've been based in Minneapolis except for uh, business school couple years in uh, 88 through 90 uh, where and after that I did come back uh, because I got a job here faster than I could have I tried in LA but uh, the, the the offers appeared here earlier so that brought me back um, and uh, landed at US first bank system it was back then and, and worked there for six years and um, then uh, RBC, which was, I think, still called Dane, but one of the versions of Dane, 
was Dane Rauscher by then, um, hired me back to, um, to do market research and database management. So it was almost uh, consumer marketing uh, to try to benefit the, the retail brokerage network there. So quite a bit different than deal making, um, somewhat consistent with business school and uh, really enjoyed that. It was a more technical job, but uh, um, my first bank experience had been in the corporate development department, which was the M&A department for the bank, and then I was in the marketing department uh, as a result of kind of a large project we did uh, in the bank. So uh, the background is not synergistic. I did try to do marketing research and as a consultant and work in the family business in the early 2000s. And they're good skills uh, to have in one person, but they're totally incompatible businesses. I couldn't be a consultant and be involved in the family business. And I, frankly, I kind of got back involved in that or got involved in that because uh, my dad and his partner were uh, in the stage of their career where I was being invited uh, to offer my opinion on things more often. And, and it, it sort of, uh, once you get one appendage in, you know, you're sort of in the quicksand. and. And uh, so, on the one hand, it's a you know a really interesting opportunity and a great challenge, and you get to you know choose your own projects. Uh, at the end of the day, though, I, I I maybe thought I would have control of my time, and I basically all the time is is the business, and so uh, it, it's pretty consuming, but it's been uh, interesting, and the challenges. Uh, you know, are good challenges, which is what I like. So we're in the hotel business. That's been something that um, I don't think the family got in, into intentionally. I think it was a real estate tax shelter in the 70s. Uh, but um, we like marketing and uh, trying to offer a good service that makes, you know, the retail consumer happy. That's the legacy of our family. My dad was... Uh, uh, with Maurice is for many years. He his father was Maurice Labovitz, and that's a retail clothing chain which uh, we sold in 1978. But that's the legacy. I grew up thinking about. You know, the customer's always right. That was the that was the placard on the back of the cash register forever in in those stores, and so the hotel business kind of reminds you of that all the time. And uh, it, it's a nice it's operating, but it's also got a lot of financial dimensions and a lot of transactional dimensions, which frankly appeal to me. I like that part of it. And, uh, you know, lately there's been some development opportunities for us. So that's, that's really, uh, you get a lot of satisfaction out of getting one done because you work on so many that don't get done. <laughs> uh, so you're in the Minneapolis market mm -hmm. now. Um, your most recently completed project, the Element here, here in Minneapolis, it's in a central business district that has seen significant hotel construction over the past few years. That is a new hotel like the Element, you know, fill its rooms in a competitive environment like this. Well, you know, we've been open a week. We haven't filled it up yet, so <laughs> I'll let you know. Um, we're definitely, we're acutely aware, uh, you know, what's candidly an oversupply. And there's, 
there's the new rooms that are the top line. You read about these new hotels, and there's some beautiful, beautiful, uh, you know, uh, inventory in the market. Uh, and on top of that, we've got a fair amount of everything from Sonder to, you know, vacation rental by owner, VRBO. Uh, it's all very concerning. Um, on the other hand, I just have uh, a lot of confidence in this market to be uh, be steady and you know provide a steady amount of growth. Uh, we also think where we are. Uh, I don't know that it's unique, but it is it is pretty unusual. Uh, we have uh, a couple of just uh, one. The central business district of downtown is the number one demand generator for our our new hotel in the North Loop, right by Target Field Station. So we think we can hold our own uh, during the week, which is the bread and butter for a, a central business district hotel. Uh, and then we have uh, some advantages because of the nightlife uh, with the, the pubs. We got First Draft and, and Fulton and some just wonderful, uh, you know, uh, eating and drinking places right next door. Uh, the Twins uh, uh, are right there. And uh, it's a wonderful experience to you know sort of wander across the 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 green there on top of the Hennepin County parking ramp and go into the Twins. And, and um, if you're from out of town, you can uh, get to us very easily. We're really not in the nest of the one-way streets of downtown. You can come in from the northwest and and uh, a couple turns off of the freeway, and you're right there. Uh, you're also uh, 30 minutes from the airport by light rail, so uh, it, it's just a very easy uh, environment. So we love our, uh, our location and we're on top of something that there's been a lot of talk about and uh, I'm really excited about too is the Fillmore. Uh, I love live music, so the opportunity to kind of be associated with that project was just, uh, you know, it was more than compelling, it was pretty emotionally uh, appealing to me. I think um, you know, so. I think we got a solid downtown. I think we got a great brand. Um, we're with uh, we're an Element by Weston, which is part of the Marriott family. Extended stay. The the rooms are very fresh. Um, they appeal to the demographic that's living in the North Loop. Um, and we're super convenient, and we think we're going to do well. Uh, but it is going to take some time to grow into it. But still a good marketing pitch from someone who learned something about marketing one time. Well done. <laughs> um, so you're building this experience. Where do you see opportunities that, that still might exist in the Minnesota markets that, that lines in for new hotels uh, with all the construction that has happened in the past few years? And, and you know, what do those opportunities look like in terms of what sorts of properties are built? What sorts of flags? What level of amenity you're bringing in? Well, that's a great question. Every flag is well represented, in my view, in uh, in Minnesota, and I I'm always talking my own hand on this. Um, uh, you know, it's fine for us to build a hotel, but nobody else ever should. You know, at this point, uh, we think there's plenty of rooms. That's true in Duluth for sure. I think it's becoming true in Rochester. I'm not as familiar with uh, St. Cloud. Those are kind of the, you know, the, the MSAs that we kind of keep in our eye, our eye on. But we're only in Duluth and Minneapolis. 
uh, MSAs. Uh, we'd love to be in Rochester. Uh, it's, a, it's a town in t size comparable to Duluth. It's heavily healthcare based. It's got an education component. It looks sounds a lot like uh, Duluth, but uh, it's very spendy to get in there. Um, and I think that that's uh, not just if sites been costly. Uh, the construction cost increases are probably going to reduce the amount of rooms that you see brought on. I, I just you know I can't believe what we paid. Uh, in downtown Minneapolis. On the other hand, I think I've got a permanent location. Um, and so one of the things we did uh, here is our building, you know, that we've been uh, visiting about a little bit, it is a concrete building. It, it's, it's kind of a permanent piece of construction. Uh, we've got a, a lovely hotel in Bloomington. It's a home too, but it's a wood on top of a concrete podium, which is what a lot of these hotels are. Uh, and then a lot of the apartment buildings are of high first floor and then four stories of, of wood. They're, they're good buildings, but I don't think they're uh, forever buildings necessarily. Um, and we did the same thing in, um, in Hermantown. We have a five-story uh, five uh, Holiday Inn Express, great hotel, very fresh. Um, but it's not the kind of location that Target Field is. I think... Um, we're going to take a breath because the construction costs are going to force everybody to take a breath, and then we'll see how the economy does over the next couple of years, and then maybe we'll, we'll, um, you know, we'll see some more acceleration of the the hotel queue. But, but I I think it's going to soften, and we're going to we're going to catch our breath certainly, and wait and see what happens. I think there might be, uh, from a strategy standpoint, back up and say, what well, you know, should you build it or buy it? I think there may be some opportunities. In the next couple of years, to to purchase, um, but uh, personally, uh, our company's gotten very picky at what we'll what we'll buy in terms of uh, building quality. We really want to have something that doesn't, uh, you know, might be uh, available at a you know an attractive price relative to its cash flow, but then you can find out six or seven years later you've got a uh, very large ongoing maintenance expense above and beyond hotels are notorious you know with if you have a perfect building every seven or eight years you're going to spend a lot of money uh, going through uh, the rooms and replacing the carpet and the corridors or the chairs and tables and meeting rooms you just there's a, it, there's a lot of opportunities for capital expenditures in hotels and what you have to do is protect yourself from ones that are avoidable that are you know, building-related, like mechanical systems or something that just don't generate revenue. You know, it's a lot easier to get your arms around um, repositioning a lobby and making it feel fresh. That's, as a retailer, that's just critical. You've got to change the way you look periodically just to get people to to, to re-engage. Um, but they won't pay you more if you recess the sprinkler heads. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Or do something to the roof. Nobody really asks about that when they make the reservation. Turning to your your company overall, how does the responsibility for running a fourth generation family company perhaps differ from being a, a leader at somebody else's firm or company? Well, that's a, interesting. I've thought about, about it like that. Uh, but my reflex is to think about, because I've been in, uh, I was 17 or 18 years in kind of the stereotypical finance 
publicly traded company, uh, and it is a lot different. Um, you uh, you kind of have the benefit of you're just expected to be the leader, and um, people aren't arguing with you too much about whether you are or not. Uh, so that's a, a real it, it, it's it, it's efficient. Uh, on the other hand, you might not have you know the meritocracy you want, um, and I've seen family businesses that are you know there's lots of family there, uh, and um, I think that can be great. I've seen uh, some wonderful examples of that. Uh, the company that bought Maurice's um, was a you know legacy family business from. Uh, I think they were Dutch, but uh, just phenomenal operators. Um, and then I've seen others that um, there's just too many people that are there because that was a way to get them a, a, a check. Um, we um, we don't have any other family members uh, right now in the business, so it's it's pretty clean that way. So I've got a pretty straight up you know office environment, and um, uh, so but I think there's the efficiency in terms of the you know the chain of command, so to speak. Um, uh, but you're always relying on you know other people, and you need it. It, it never works without good, capable people. Um, and I've been pretty lucky to you know avoid just because of the way we happen to be structured and the way I came into it, kind of later in my mid career, I guess. Um, it hasn't really been a, as much of an issue. Uh, it was a pretty clean handoff between me and my dad. Is there a certain weight, maybe the burden that comes with saying, hey, this is a fourth generation company. I you don't want to be sure. the guy that drops the platter. <laughs> you know, it's, that is, that's a burden, absolutely. Yeah, I think about that no more than a couple times a day, so you know, it's, it's on your mind. Uh, and you've got a lot of people counting on you, so uh, uh, and, you know, success is never assured, I can tell you that. I mean, we, we, we've, we make mistakes and and uh, sometimes they're they're pretty painful, uh, but uh, you know, uh, like we we say, just as we opened up this hotel a week ago. I mean, it's it's not are you going to make any mistakes? You know, you're going to make mistakes. It's just what do you do about them? Do you fix? How do you work through it? You know, and and are the people that you have able to, you know, once the script gets uh, you know hijacked by something or other. Um, can can we, you know, come up with a plan to deal with whatever it is? You know, a piece of furniture didn't get delivered, or um, some of the automatic door locks don't work the way you thought they did. You you know, it's it's real time. Guests expect you to perform, and uh, you just work through it. But yeah, there's a there's a burden, but that's also you know I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, it's irresponsible. They're investors. Our fam my family, I'm speaking of. They're they're investors. They're entitled to return, and I'm one of them. You know, so so we all want a return. <laughs> uh, now that you've just gotten done telling me that all the time is business time, I'm going to ask you, what do you like to do? with your time away from work, there is actually some. There is. There's always some, and I'm lucky. I, uh, I got a couple of really good hobbies. Um, I, I ski when I can, although physically I'm not as not much of a skier anymore. Uh, but I love that. Uh, and so winter is kind of my favorite 
you know, I like all the seasons, but I, I do associate uh, uh, skiing with winter, so it's one of my favorite times of the year. But I also am a, a general aviation private pilot, and uh, because our business is it's really headquartered in Duluth, I live in Minneapolis, my family's here. Uh, and then we have a property in Florida and in, in Bozeman, Montana. I, I'm able to use our aircraft to do that. So that, uh, for me, which has um, a you know there's a freedom to it. There's also a lot of technical aspects to it. I, you know that is my place to relax because you can't be really working when you're doing that. So it's a very good distraction. And I'm also wondering, very short answer here, do you have any words, sayings that you like to live by, something you keep up on the office wall, something a grandfather or father or grandmother might have told you? Well, the one, uh, we, we referenced it, uh, the customer's always right. Um, and it's more than just, you know, do they get a refund or not for the the shirt that the button is missing on. It's... Over the long term, the customer is always right. You know that means you know what their perception, whether or not you think uh, your breakfast was good or your lobby is clean. That's their perception. They're right. That's what they're going to tell people. And I suppose now in our age of you know ratings, uh, you know we have to operate like that. Uh, so I like that one. And I you know I think it it's meant the same thing forever. And I'm sure it you know. In 1955, you know, it meant something else. But, but today, it you know, you have to react to the customer's perception. If you give me a couple minutes, I might come up with something else. But that's the one that you know really is in our, <laughs> our DNA. Well, Mark Lakowitz, thank you again for taking the time to talk to us today. We appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. It's nice to meet you too. I'm gonna let the recording run for just a couple. Yeah. seconds here. I, I have a couple of bio questions to quick ask you. Yeah. I'll just keep the recording here in case I miss something. Uh, Mary, wait, Jill? Jennifer. Jennifer. A uh, couple of kids. You got maybe one in college. Yep. Uh, younger Tessa is in college at Skidmore. Okay. Uh, older, just uh, graduated at last, you know, it's been Yeah, so yeah, the younger's a daughter, the older's a son, Jackson. He's in Washington, D.C. He he came out of George Washington University in May of 19. Okay. So they're, and they're two years apart. Okay. Or 18 months apart, but two grades apart, I guess. Three grades apart. And then, uh, you actually live in Duluth or you live here? Live here. You live here. South Minneapolis. Have for since 90, well, since 90, June of 90, about. Yeah, hometown's obviously Duluth. Mm-hmm. Uh, age? 57. Obviously, genuinely excited about this. Hotel. Yeah. Have you 
you been to a performance? Have you stayed in a room? What's your experience with the building so far? Stayed overnight opening night because nice. we do that. <laughs> and in fact, uh, both uh, Tessa and Jack came back. Jennifer, you know, so we took one of the, I don't know how familiar you are with this building. Um, it's really cool. We have uh, Marriott uh, had a, a vision, or Weston, of a, a common space for groups of people that travel together. So uh, what the idea is, you want to have a, a, an area of the building where there's some connecting, several connecting rooms, and um, they wanted four. We ended up with three. So we've got a like a 600-foot-plus, maybe it's a little more than that, room with a bedroom in it, full kitchen, and then it's got two connectors, one on either side, so you can easily get six adults or okay. more. Uh, you know, six adults in beds, and, and if you want to use the pull-out, you could, you know, do another couple. Uh, but it's going to be great for traveling uh, teams that are on a consulting engagement or something, want a spot to rehearse their presentation, or... On the weekends, uh, you know, a handful of people that want to go to a Twins game, buddies, you know, watch, uh, you know, movies on TV, walk across this, literally, it's not even across the street to go to a Twins game, or bridesmaids or some kind of party that, you know, they're going to go take in a show downstairs at the Fillmore. So we, we, we used that room, and it is going to be as advertised, really cool. I'm um, sure Aerosmith will enjoy it. Well, we, you know, we'll just see who, <laughs> yeah, when they book Aerosmith, they'll, I'm sure it they'll give us like a ring. It's the band that's staying in the... Well, the band probably gets the big room if they want, although I, I don't, you know, we'll see what happens, how that is. Uh, we sure hope so. We'd like, you know, to help them out. It's been a great collaboration so far. Lots of, you know, our director of sales and their director of sales are talking about a lot of uh, opportunities where it's say corporate business, you know, the Fillmore's are mostly going to be public shows, but they're, I'm not sure what their mix is going to be, but they would like to do a lot of corporate business, so the hotel is really going to be an advantage and helpful to them, and, and for us it's just really exciting. Um, the Fillmore will open on the 12th, uh, and we are super excited, a favorite of mine, Brandy Carlisle, is going to start with three nights, it's going to be awesome. How are you going? Yes. Yeah, we're going. <laughs> we had to, yeah, we're going to have some fun and um, have a couple of our friends with us, um, and I'm really excited about that. But I've one of the things I like about Minneapolis is it's a good music town. So uh, my tastes have evolved from the Whiskey Junction and the Caboose to First Avenue, and and I'm sure the Fillmore is going to be in our you know uh, regular route. Uh, we were at the Dakota last night, so we like that and. Um, I, we're not kidding ourselves about people just coming downtown and adding a, a room night to it. I think that mostly it's going to be locals, but I think uh, certainly a show like Brandy Carlisle will bring people to town. But the Twins in the playoffs would be good too, you know. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah. You could yeah. just walk back to the hotel. Yeah. Stumble. It's going to be a blast, yeah. 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 That's After your 15 hot dogs and, you know, <laughs> eight beers. Did you see the game from any of the no, um, you know, I wondered about that too. The hotel's eight stories, but it's uh, down. But there's a hill, so uh, like our parking garage, the ceiling of our parking garage in the hotel is the floor of the Fillmore, and that's at street level by Caribou. So then you just keep going up the hill, and I bet there's another twenty feet before you're at the entry deck of the uh, 
the baseball park. So it's a pretty, you know, it's, it makes you realize how big that building is when you, you know, kind of look at the elevations. Um, it's a monster. Uh, I've been fortunate to be able to watch a lot of the development and construction, really starting with the light rail. Uh, I wasn't around a whole lot when they were building the, the stadium. I mean, it's just, everything is just interlocked like a very, like one of these big puzzles with lots of very small intricate pieces. Yeah, that's something that Minneapolis is phenomenal at. I mean, if you think about it, we could have, we had a couple things in play when um, the Vikings Stadium, you know, there were there was talk about not building that in the Central Business District, but you, you got all of the infrastructure, you know, for transportation to get people downtown into those mammoth ABC ramps uh, you know it, it it's very good for the city to be reinvesting in the core um, you know same is true down by us by the by target field to leverage the infrastructure the light rail so that we can get to the density that makes that you know much more profitable for the, the taxpayer um, so even though when you're in the middle of the planning stuff, it doesn't feel like uh, you know it's efficient, maybe, or you, you you know it's a little bit tedious. Um, we've been really blessed with some good results. You know where we're you know uh, constantly trying to leverage the density, and you got to do that. That's more sustainable, and you know if you spread everything out, you just there's no efficiencies. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce, or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.